realize is it's it, everything about my travel experiences has generated a deeper trust in myself, a trust in other people, and a fundamental trust in life itself. Welcome to the Inquisitive Journeys podcast, where we share stories about the power of transformation through travel. I'm Nat Karobmatri, CEO and founder of a small group tour company, also called Inquisitive Journeys. Each episode features guests who share how travel sparked new awareness and inspired change toward living with greater joy and connection. Please visit inquisitivejourneys.com podcast for show notes, transcripts, photos, and links. And if you enjoy what we talk about here and want to explore the world with other like-hearted travelers, join us on our private tours offered throughout the year. For our very first episode, I'm delighted for you to meet Anne Rose Hart. Anne is so full of life and joy. She is known as an executive coach, pilot, keynote speaker, and creator of Vertical Flight School, where individuals and organizations create astonishing outcomes in life and at work as they learn to fly. Let's get to know Anne and her travel insights. Hi, Anne. Hey, Nat. I'm, first of all, I just want to say that I'm, I'm really honored and grateful to have you here as my guest. Uh, you've been such a support of, of, for me over the years. And, um, you know, here we are to talk about travel and transformation. And the, the first thing that comes to mind, because I, I know a little bit of your history, is um, the, the, the picture behind you of the plane and listeners, if you go to Anne's site, you'll see her, um, what is that called? Like, um, wing walking. Walk, wing walking. Yes. Yeah, which is just like amazing. So I, I wonder maybe if we can start there. Like, um, how did you get started with wing walking? Such a good question. So um, I'll try to give you the shortest version, but there's many chunks that kind of shape that. Um, so, first thing, was 20 some years ago. I was working at a museum. My background is I have a master's degree in history and I was living my perfect little hermit job, running the archives of a museum with all my books, dusty old photos and living a very different life from what I live, live today. But I came across a photo in the archives from the 1920s, the barnstorming era in which after World War I, these old airplanes then went on the free market and people would go around from community to community barnstorming and putting on little aerial shows. At that time, most people had never seen an airplane. And so they would fly over the town and land and put up a sign, you know, rides for a dollar or whatever it was. And so as part of that, wing walkers started doing stunts out on the wings of these very low powered biplanes. And that became this thing during the early 1920s. So I came across photos from what, 1921, 24, something like that. And my immediate reaction was, I have to do that. Now, granted, that is not most people's reactions, but at the time, I did not think that was possible. I thought, well, surely the FAA has regulations against that because this is, you know, 
many, many years later, we live in a different world. So I wrote it off as probably not something that you could actually do. So I ended up taking up skydiving instead. But every time I was jumping out of an airplane, I was pretending I was wing walking. So a number of synchronicities that perhaps there will be stories that we share um, further on in our conversation here. But a number of things continued to line up until I found myself saying, no, it's time. I need to figure out how to do this. It still seems outrageously impossible. But at that time I was coaching and I knew I can't be coaching people to live their dreams and do outrageously impossible things. If I'm not walking my walk, hello, I need to figure out how to get myself on the wing of a plane. And, and so I did, because once you decide mountains move and off you do, off you go. So anyway, that's kind of the short version, but uh, it's just kind of in me as I would call it an archetype. I'm meant to be in the air. I feel at home in the air. And particularly when I am wing walking, I feel very much at home on the wing. It doesn't feel like a high risk activity, which I know will have everyone questioning my sanity, but it's just <laughs> who I am and where I belong. So it feels very natural for me. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, just to think that the word home can be associated with being <laughs> up in the air <laughs> on a wing. <laughs> well, you know, it, it raises the question. People say, well, do I, I don't want to wing whack, wing walk. And I say, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But my point is like that was an archetype or a, a, a blueprint, almost a spiritual blueprint inside of me that, led me in the direction of wholeness for me that I feel at home in this context and every one of us has that and it's when we follow our bliss and go I I, I want to do that it makes no sense to anybody else nor should it because it's your spiritual blueprint but that is the essence of who you are and that archetype will keep pulling you forward and the more you say yes the more your life opens up into magnificent miracles. And the more you say no, the more it's frustrating and struggling and challenging. So I mean, there's obviously challenges both paths. But anyway, it's it's where you feel at home. It's It lives inside of you already as you just keep saying yes to whatever that is. Yeah, I love that we're talking about this. And, and I don't know why I started with this, but I felt drawn to it. And then now it's apparent because a big part of why my new travel company exists, Inquisitive Journeys, is uh, the first thing you see on the homepage is let your heart be your tour guide. And it's this, it's like following yes. your heart, following what feels alive. And um, I love that you say it. it's, it's, it, um, I forgot how you worded it, but it's like it sits as, as like a home in your body yes. and, and it, it draws you toward more wholeness. And that's what this travel company has been for me, because when I travel, I feel most alive and most me. Yeah, exactly. And there's something about travel in general that, you know, if we were to dissect it, we don't need to. But all these elements of liberation of your authentic self are baked into travel. You're you're in a novel environment. You're interacting with people that are very different from your family of origin and the habituated pathways of 
relating that you're accustomed to. You know, you are setting yourself free to try on a different way of being. It's the perfect path to truly liberate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's another drive for me in the travel and the, and the company because I I always put myself in new situations to have a, a new experience and then see myself differently in that, right? Yeah. And, and one of the examples I often give when I talk about what Inquisitive Journeys is, is like, you know, going to Thailand and driving or being being driven in the traffic and then seeing that even though their traffic patterns are a lot more chaotic than here in the Western world, uh, they don't react in the same way. There's less road rage. They're not slamming their horn. They're, you know, it's just a normal thing for them. And it gets me curious as to, well, what's possible then for my own liberation? Do I need to react in frustrating ways or can I let things go, right? Because it's so often we think, oh, it's the circumstance that's making me feel this way. But when we can see that, oh, I'm responding in this way, but there's really nothing that's causing this other than maybe my own thoughts or my own conditioning, then it opens up pathways for for freedom, for liberation. Oh, for sure. It's since you mentioned Thailand, I had the same experience. I, I've led a couple of joy retreats to Thailand. And the first time I went, I'm, you know, I live in Idaho. This is a rural country. I have a stoplight that when there's four cars, it feels like a traffic jam. So going to Bangkok was a surreal experience to be plunked into millions and millions of people, all of whom happen to be on the road simultaneously, I swear. And to see this sea of traffic. But again, it was like this Zen calm. And as we were talking with locals and expressing our curiosity about this, a fundamental cultural difference revealed itself in which one person shared a perspective, which was because Thailand is a Buddhist country and they're steeped in that type of thinking and that type of relating as part of their culture. It just is that, of course, you understand that you are a part of a larger whole. Of course, you understand interconnectedness and everybody's trying to get somewhere. And we're all part of the same fundamental process of everybody trying to get where they want to go. So, of course, if somebody is about to cut you off, you graciously let them in because <laughs> we're all trying to get to the same place, which is, you know, not physically the same destination, but they get the context and it was such a enlightening perspective to compare and contrast the culture of the, you know, our culture uh, here in the U S where being part of a larger whole is what, what, <laughs> what get out of my way. I'm trying to get somewhere. We just fundamentally operate differently. It was very humbling for everybody in the group. Um, it was the takeaway that, you know, there was a group of what, 23 of us, and everybody was moved, pun intended, uh, by the flow of traffic in Bangkok. Wow, amazing. It's funny, because, you know, I, 
my my heritage is from Thailand, but I've never really thought about the connection of Buddhism and the way people behave in there. I, I know it's a big influence, um, but it's interesting that you. I mean, that's that's the beauty of travel is that you're always going to learn something new, especially yeah. if you do it the way that you did and the way that I want to do it, which is connect to the locals, really yes. understand um, what it's like to live there and, and you know, per- perceive life from yes. that viewpoint. That's right. It, if, of course, it makes sense that you have a Thai background. And, and here's why I say that when we were there, Everywhere, everywhere were these little figurines of, of faces with huge smiles on them. And Thailand is the land of smiles, the land of smiles. And they were truly some of the most joyous people that I've encountered. And they, they lived that. People were smiley and friendly and helpfully, helpful. And there was smiley face everywhere. And it's the epitome of you. You've got this beautiful <laughs> smile. You just show up and here's the land of smiles right here. <laughs> oh, thank you, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'll take that to heart. <laughs> it, had, it hasn't always been a land of smiles over here, but... <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, in la- these later years, so yeah. <laughs> more of the land has been expressed. Okay. <laughs> so you know, it sounds like you've traveled quite a bit, whether it's through your retreats and um, flying. Um, what what would you say if there if there could be one thing? I don't know if there could be one thing that you've gained the most from traveling yeah so when when you reached out to invite me and to start thinking about travel stories i thought where where do i begin so just for fun i sat down and tallied up you know where have i been because this is a broad question and so i realized okay i've i've been to what 14 countries and 43 states so there's a few stories that we could choose from. <laughs> where where do we want to draw from in there? So as I was trying to zoom out and look at the whole collectively, the thing that I really drew from travel as a whole in preparing for our talk today was really looking at how I've changed because of my experiences and what I realized is it's it, everything about my travel experiences has generated a deeper trust in myself, a trust in other people, and a fundamental trust in life itself. Because everything about travel is leaving, quote, the comfort zone and discovering resourcefulness and resilience. And when nothing is familiar, and you don't know anything and you don't speak the language and there is nothing that you know to go to to get yourself out of a jam, you discover either a resourcefulness within self or an incredible connection with people you've never met that is profoundly transformative. I know I was speaking in second person there, but that's been my experience is, is oh shit, excuse my language, but oh, here's this situation I find myself in and oh 
here's the miracle of life, working it into, I made it back to my hotel room and <laughs> I have a pillow to sleep on. Oh, wow. This, this planet's all right. <laughs> yeah. I get the sense from your sharing is that, you know, this has probably been one of your journeys, one of your paths in life is, is learning to, to trust in, sure. in life and in yourself, I mean, sure. you know, wing walking of, of one thing, you know, which like you said, it may be innate in you. Maybe you were, maybe in a past life, you were a wing walker, who knows? I'm pretty um, sure I was, I'm also a bird. No. <laughs> when, yeah. You know, on retreats where sometimes the spiritual angle is woven in, we've had hilarious conversations because people get interested in spirit animals. And so here comes a skunk or a rattlesnake or something into the retreat, and people get all sorts of inspiration about what meaning can I draw from that. And so the joke always has been for me. My spirit animal is flying overhead. It's an airplane. <laughs> anyway, sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, that's I love it. Um, so, with an increase in trust in life, that that life will take care of you, and then a trust in yourself. How has that impacted? your life experience everything um <laughs> i'm trying to draw from a specific somebody recently said to me they were they were reflecting that perhaps i have a special relationship with risk was the phrase they use. And I think that sums it up. What most people perceive as risk, I don't see as risk, not because it's foolhardy, but because I'm absolutely so clear on what are my capacities and I trust them. What is What can I expect of life? And I trust it. And so I do the things that my heart guides me to do in all areas, relationship, you know, finance, growth of whatever I want to create. Just it's a fundamental way of living that's based in I get to do whatever my heart says because it works. And most people perceive that as risky because it violates all the rules about how we're quote supposed to live. So I would translate it back into what most people label as risk, which isn't risky at all because it's your own heart. <laughs> mm. Wow, I really love this because I, I feel that way or I have felt that way where following my heart was risky compared to following the quote unquote tried and true way of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out the real risk is conforming to what's been done by other people. That's how you guarantee your soul dies. That's not a risk I'm willing to take. Mm -hmm. But yeah. literally, it's like being out on the wing every day. 
again, I don't perceive that as scary. I'm so nervous. It's just, I have a, a, a comfort level with a lot of wind in my face, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> I imagine that that feels quite alive for you. Very much so. Yeah. Do you know that Joseph Campbell quote? I forget, I can't quite get the exact phrasing, but he says, what we're all seeking is the experience of feeling alive. That's what everybody mm -hmm. wants. It's, it just is that. And it's different for everybody. What brings you alive is different from what brings me alive. But again, that, that blueprint, that archetype or archetypes, those are in you, guiding you. This is where your aliveness is. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of my, one of my favorite quotes by Dr. Howard Thurman, you know, don't do what the world needs, do what makes you come alive because what the world needs are more, more people that have come alive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. So was there like a trip that was instrumental in turning the tides in, in favor of more trust or it was just an overall like gradual? No, it's incremental. I'd say every piece builds on the, you know, the, when I think back to the origin, this is so ridiculously simple, but first time I ever flew by myself on a commercial flight, I want to say I was, I might've been 20 flying by myself. I'd flown with my parents before, but, um, you know, so I didn't have a lot of travel experience in that way when I was young. So first time by myself on a commercial flight, that was a big deal for me at the time, based on who I was at the time. And, um, I had everything in my carry on and got on the plane and they said, uh, carry ons aren't going to fit. We're going to have to check your bag. And I was like, well, okay, it's just going down below. How hard can that be? So I handed him my bag. That was the last I saw of my bag. Oh, no. It's so landing back at home and my car keys were in my carry-on. You know, it's the first thing they say, make sure you don't have important things in your carry-on. But I didn't know I was yeah. a rookie, right? And so that overwhelming experience of like, <gasps> what do I do? I don't know what to do. And having to figure it out. It's basic stuff like that just rookie level mistakes or learning experiences. But, you know, that was the first one from there. It grew and grew and grew and grew and, you know, everything builds on itself. So by the time I took my first joy retreat to Thailand, it happened to be the week before our, our flights were to leave from the United States, there was riots happening in Bangkok and they established martial law. Okay, so I'm going to take a joy retreat into a city that's having riots. Good times. How's that going to go, right? By that time, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, not a problem. Like, <laughs> it's a joy retreat. You bring your own joy. Like, chaos is, is not an issue. We flow with it. We don't fight it. I had skill at that point to be able to jump in and make it not a problem. And it wasn't a problem. Um, but like I said, it's just incremental. Just incremental. Here's yeah. an example, though, of a different trip. Um, one anecdote, 
like I said, every trip has countless anecdotes, but so I forget how long ago this was. I took a group to Maui. We did a 10 day retreat and I built in days beforehand and afterwards for myself. And so after all of my participants left, I had now time in Maui for me to process and integrate what we'd done on retreat and just enjoy the island for myself a little bit. And at some point I'd had a conversation with a local and, you know, just whatever we talked about, it led to the topic of swimming with dolphins because that was somehow it just came up. Anyway, so she had mentioned a particular cove, but that's it. So after everyone left and I was kind of tuning into what experiences do I want to create? I said, oh, I want to I swim with dolphins. So that meant for me, given, I forget what my schedule was, but I ended up driving across the island at 3.30 in the morning in the dark to get to this very remote beach just as the sun, I mean, the sun wasn't anywhere close, but it was starting to get a tiny bit light. So I've got a rental car. I park it in this remote parking lot. Nobody knows where I am. I don't even know the place of where I am. I'm just out there in this remote area. And there is a rocky shoreline and a vague conversation that said, sometimes dolphins come to this part of the island. Who knows whether they will or not. But again, using the skills of just being one with the universe and communicating with all beings, I communicated with the dolphins in my own way saying, okay, here I am, let's play. And so I peeled off my layers and my flip-flops and I left them on this rocky shore and I jumped into the water and I started swimming out into the ocean, swimming and swimming and swimming. Will there be dolphins? Maybe I'll get eaten by a shark. I don't know what's out here. I have no idea. So I swam maybe, I don't know, a mile and a half, something, straight out, and just enjoying the swim, enjoying being out there, and talking with the dolphins. And pretty soon, here came an entire pod of spinner dolphins, and they came oh. swimming specifically to me and specifically circled me close enough that I could almost touch, I, I couldn't quite touch, but they were inches from my fingertips, circling me around and around, jumping out of the air, spinning, putting on a show, literally playing with me. Well, I'm like, you know, try not to choke on seawater because I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and just treading water going, oh my God, this is the miracle. And we played and they swam for a little while and then they swam off. And then I was like, oh, I got a long swim back. <laughs> Alrighty then. But it was just, the dolphins showed up just as the sun was literally coming over the horizon. So, you know, one of those magical experiences. But, you know, things like that are me following my heart, taking a risk that to most people would be like, oh, are you sure you should be out there by yourself? It drives me crazy. Uh, <laughs> and creating magic because I'm tuned into my own heart and my guidance and I'm doing it. So that's just an example. 
Yeah, I, I really love that story. Um, I mean, it, to, to me, it, it speaks to your level of comfort with risk in, in whatever way that people wanted to define that. I mean, you, your, your capacity for risk might be different for someone else, but it's still following your heart, still tuning in to do what feels most aligned to you, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then you had an amazing experience for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think it's important to point out because so often we're conditioned to believe that if we follow our heart, it's going to end in ruin or we're going to end in disappointment. And it's possible that you could have gone out there and you wouldn't have met up with the dolphins, but still you, you followed your heart to to the point where you know you're still out there swimming going out there for an adventure it's not so much about the end result right yeah it's nice to like wow like amazing dolphins to have that experience but it but it's also about the adventure out there the yeah. you know it, it reminds me of a um a trip i i did a solo road trip a couple of years ago several years ago and i i just like <laughs> i just remember it's like oh i want to go see the sun sunrise at this place and i got up really early it was dark i drove out there um and i wasn't really sure where was it going because it was just like out in utah um near uh, i was dead dead horse point state park and um i you know yeah <laughs> The name is great too. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, I'm driving up there. The the similar to you, the light was just coming up, but it was just dark, and I was just like, okay, I hope I'm in the right place. And then you know, I wait. It's kind of cold, but you know, I, th th there's a thrill of I don't know where I'm gonna get here, but um, I already got up, and this felt like the most alive thing to do. Right. right. And then when the sun came up, it was just magnificent. It was just so much, so beautiful. And I just I was like a little kid running up and along the, the cliff edge, taking pictures. And then and then when um, I was like, OK, you know, it's time to go and driving back down. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. I didn't see any of the 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 rocks and cliffs on the way up because right. it was dark. So yeah. driving back down, I'm like, oh, this is a different world. I I didn't see any of this. So anyway, it reminds me of, of that similar thing of like, oh, I'm just going to do this because it just feels like the thing to do. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, it's spot on. And, you know, that cliche, the joy is in the journey. It It's real, you know. Yeah. And, or the saying, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Right. When you leave what's familiar, that is the only place that magic happens. So yeah, dare to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It also reminds me, I think it's a Course of Miracles quote of like, a miracle is just a shift in perspective. And that magic you talk about is when we are able to see ourselves or see the world in a, in a different way. Right. Like even when I think about driving up to to see that sun, sunrise all along the way, I was like, oh, my God, like the lights coming up. This is so beautiful. I'm going to pause and take a picture. And maybe the picture is not great because it's dark out. But um, but it's witnessing that. Yes. 
no, that's was right. was really special. That's right. And what what you're also pointing at is you're you're putting words to this is when you are simply taking the action that your heart is guiding to, there's an intrinsic reward in that. And it's you know, like I've referred to that archetype within you that calls you forward. And you, as you pointed out, it's not about quote, the destination. It is about taking the daily action that says, yes, I am congruent with that thing that's calling me forward. And whether we label it the joy in the journey or, or what, there's just an intrinsic reward in showing up for your life that way. And it really doesn't matter then whether you get the sunrise or, I mean, I've had another experience in Australia where I had an epic trip set up and I was going to the Blue Mountains and I was driving to this overview or this overlook where I could not wait to see the breathtaking views of sunrise or sunset or whatever time it was, I forget, but over the Blue Mountains. Oh. I'd been looking forward to this for years and years and years. And I got up there. The fog was so thick, you couldn't see three feet in front of you. Oh, no. <laughs> I could kind of see the touristy sign that said, Blue Mountains, here's the view. There was nothing but white beyond that. Nothing. That was the only day I had in the Blue Mountains because I had to get to somewhere else the next day. So... Sometimes you don't get the sunrise. <laughs> Makes yeah. a good story. But the drive up there was, you know, a foggy day. I could have been in Michigan. I could have been anywhere, you know. <laughs> but yeah. the point is when you're taking the action, there's there's reward in that just because you're being true to yourself and what there is no other point. Mm-hmm. I love that. Wow. Well, and I've really enjoyed this this conversation. So many insights, so much clarity has come out of it. I uh, really appreciate you for being here. Of course. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Get started talking stories and <laughs> can go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, before we close, I'd love to hear, um, do you have any trips planned? Anything, any, where are you excited to go next for, for fun? Yeah, tomorrow I'm going up to Big Sky, Montana to go skiing for a few days. So um, that is a trip I do every year. So less of the novelty, but um, certainly one of my very, very favorite places on the planet. Um, yeah, I don't have major, major trips planned just because all of my attention currently is on working through my next ratings for my aviation side of my life and so I'm, I'm I'm traveling a lot but I just go up and land because I'm practicing <laughs> flight maneuvers so I'm yeah. deepening my mastery of my aviation skills which means I'm flying quite a lot um, uh, but it's satisfying that urge to go somewhere because I take off every day and then I just land at the same <laughs> airport. But um, anyway, this, this next couple of months, especially, I'm just so focused on um, attaining those next ratings. So once I get those, that'll open up some, some new doors. And then I think there'll be a lot more trips that 
materialize because I'll have new skills and new capacities to go places faster. Um, but right now it's just close to home up. Very cool. I love that. All right. And well, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And good luck with the podcast. And to everyone who's listening, go, 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 go forth and <laughs> follow what is inside of you because it won't lead you astray. Yeah, beautiful. And thank you. All right. That's our first episode. What sparked for you? What did you take away? What stood out for me was Anne's faith in her heart's guidance without any attachment to a specific outcome. She was so willing to do what felt like the next thing to do. While it didn't always result in what she wanted, she has experienced increasingly more magic because of these steps. So the questions I offer you are, with whatever is present for you, what does your heart say is the next step? And based on what you get, are you willing to follow through? If you'd like to share your takeaways and insights, please send me a message through our website's contact page or email me directly. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the Inquisitive Journeys podcast.